Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Welcome to Top Stories. I'm producer Tom. <laughs> no, I'm not. He's dead. We're going back to July 2011 and the news of the world phone hacking scandal was going on and on. And some of us were walking in to make episodes of The Bugle whilst that was happening. Anyway, it prompted one protester to take matters into his own hands. It's Bugle, issue 162, making a mountain out of a mountain. Top story this week, Addicted to Hack, part three. <laughs> Andy, it's hard for any franchise to withstand a third instalment without just getting sad. <laughs> the third Godfather movie wasn't great, the third Back to the Future seemed a bit desperate, and the third Love Guru movie is going to hypothetically bring down the medium of cinema. And the same is true. <laughs> well, what's going to build it up in the meantime? <laughs> the, the second one. <laughs> the, the same is true with this third week of News of the World Revelations, which started two weeks ago as shocking, became exciting, and is now just looking depressing. The, uh, the circus even had its own clown attempting to entertain the crowd with some tired, misplaced slapstick when someone from the public gallery attempted to push a shaving cream pie into Rupert Murdoch's face. I'm not saying... Andy, that Rupert Murdoch's face does not look better with a shaving cream pie in it. It complements it perfectly. But there's a time and a place for doing that, and it was emphatically neither then nor there. You just don't want to find yourself with any misplaced sympathy for Rupert Murdoch. And when you see an 80-year-old man looking frightened, your heart can mistakenly go out to him. Hello? Is this, is this thing still on? I can't work out why this microphone is still working, Andy. Hello? Is anybody listening to this? How are Andy and I still doing this three weeks on? Hello? Should this not have been stopped by now? This doesn't make any sense. Hello? Hello? Um, it's all right, I can take up busking, John. It's fine. It's fine. I've got something to confess. What's that? I've not been publishing it the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I understand, Chris. That's just that's just protecting your back and kind of protecting mine and Andy's back for us as well. So um, yeah, he was Murdoch. Sadly, can't be with us on this week's bugle due to um, well, we've we've got a compulsory retirement age on this show of seventy nine, so we've decided he's too old. But he was assaulted by uh, a protester wielding, as you said, some shaving foam on a paper plate, and incidentally. Uh, I was alerted to this fact on Twitter that the guy who did this was following the Bugle Twitter feed. And oh, no. I think he was about to write, f*** you, Chris, in shaving foam on Murdoch's face. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, <laughs> of course, custard pie throwing has a long and proud tradition as a means of protest in Britain. Julius Caesar was custard pied on his first invasion in 55 BC. Got so annoyed by it that he came back the next year. William the Conqueror copped a foamy one in the face at the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> but tactically, that was an error on the part of King Harold. He should have probably sent in some infantry armed with something a bit more dangerous than custard pies, and inevitably, in return, he took a pointy one to the eye. And all of this was edited out of the Bayer Tapestry, of course. But um, the problem was, as you say... It looked like a man attacking a rambling old pensioner. Uh, not, as he probably intended, striking a blow for the humble everyman against one of the most powerful men in the world who exerts control over vast swathes of what the planet thinks. And the problem is, John, it would have been fine had he gone the whole hog and not 5% of the hog and dressed <laughs> as a clown and used a fully-fledged custard pie, possibly even a high-class Portuguese custard tart. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because then, you know, that that's, gives it a nice little culinary angle, and we love that in this country. But this is the problem, it just wasn't, it wasn't clownish enough. It just looked, it kind of looked a little bit stroppy. Bit of shaving foam on a plate, uh, a News International spokesman has brushed off the incident as, quotes, an overexcited autograph hunter who has always admired Mr Murdoch for not having a beard, wanting to have his shaving foam signed. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch set the tone at the start of the day by interrupting his son to say, this is the most humble day of my life. Now, for a start, that's clearly relative, and... <laughs> I, I can't... I can't... Hello? Hello. <laughs> I, I can't help thinking that he was using a word he'd heard rather than referencing an adjective that he'd actually ever emotionally experienced. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, although it did turn out that that statement was writing checks that his conscience refused to cash, as it paved uh, the way for a day of Murdoch denying any personal responsibility, steadfastly refusing to resign, and if there was any remaining question about how seriously he was taking the panel's questions, he even at one point nodded off to sleep. <laughs> and that, that is a pretty big f*** you to the investigation, Andy. <laughs> As a panel, you you lose your credibility a little bit when the person whose feet you are supposed to be holding to the fire starts to snore. <laughs> the, yeah, but I mean, you say holding their feet to the fire. As as grillings go, this wasn't the most <laughs> sausagey of barbecues, was it? <laughs> Certainly not quite as toasty as what Joan of Arc had to deal with, what most people believe were much less serious allegations. <laughs> that, is, that is a fair point. But, you know, the Nuremberg trials would have been critically undermined if Martin Bormann and Hermann Goering had nodded off onto each other's shoulders before waking up with a start and saying, I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, uh, uh, not guilty. Uh, yeah, whatever. Th thank you. C can you actually keep it down a bit? Marty and I are trying to line up a power snooze. <laughs> But it wasn't, it wasn't that impressive on the part of British democracy, and essentially no. uh, what happened was that the structure of the, the uh, questioning of the House of Commons quiz broke down, as most quizzes do, into a missing words round, some educated guesswork, uh, or what happened next round, and an extremely <laughs> large amount of charades. <laughs> and um, I was hoping at the end they'd just announce a winner and a loser, uh, with the winner being given full control of Sky TV and the loser going to jail. <laughs> but, um, but that didn't happen, and as it was, everyone just <laughs> shuffled off and said, well... Um, that's, uh, that's, that's been done for now. <laughs> there we go. So there it was. So, uh, Rebecca Brooks. Hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. I can't, Andy, this microphone's working. There's some problem here. <laughs> Rebecca Brooks, essentially, during her testimony, went rope-a-dope. She uh, kept pretty dumb, rumbled in the bungle, essentially. She claimed she was <laughs> only responsible for the quick crosswords in the Agony Aunt column uh, during her time as editor of the News <laughs> of the World. And I think the problem was, John, that the panel of MPs looked her in the eye, and as 
you should know from anyone with hair like that, you have to look at them through a mirror. That is that's <laughs> basic Greek mythology. <laughs> and there'd be allegations today that um, James Murdoch might have got some of his answers wrong. Uh, he said that he was no. not aware of an email suggesting that hacking went wider than an obviously too convenient single rogue reporter. Two former News of the World bigwigs said that he what he actually meant to say was that he was aware of that email. Murdoch says, no, I'm sticking with my original answer, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. The truth, John, has taken an, an absolute codload of battering over the last few weeks. <laughs> see, come to think of it, it's taken a bit of a battering over the last 100,000 years, so it should be used yeah. to it. Toughen up, truth, and stop complaining. <laughs> But I just don't know what's true and what's not anymore, John. Just last uh, night, my wife made me a spicy squid salad for my dinner. And I said, mm -hmm. is that really squid? Or is that bits of Buzz Aldrin's leg? I just don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the latter half of the week saw the attention turned to the seemingly non-platonic, grubby relationship between News of the World and high-level British politicians. <laughs> that is so far from platonic. I mean, I'm not saying it's romantic, John. I think it goes yeah. the other side of romantic, into essentially the relationship between a businessman and a prostitute down the back alley of a seedy nightclub. <laughs> hey, hey, they're getting paid, aren't they? They're getting paid. It's a living. Prime Minister David Cameron was dragged back from his trip to Africa after just two days. And it must have been very difficult for him to explain to his children why he was coming back empty-handed. Uh, sorry, but Daddy didn't have time to get you any souvenirs um, because he's embroiled in a potentially career-ending ethics scandal. But look, I did bring you back this pen. Look, it's got Daddy's lawyer's legal firm written on the side of it, and you can pretend it's a plane. I'm guessing that he was planning, Andy, on bringing them a stuffed toy lion back, or knowing his background, and if he'd listened to his genetic instincts, a stuffed actual lion. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the scene in the House of Commons during the questioning was pretty energetic. I haven't heard so much jeering and screaming since one of those crazy daytime talk shows where the host stands in front of three angry-looking people sitting on the stage and reveals the results of a paternity test. <laughs> and, to, to be fair... Cameron did his best, his best attempt at humility. Unfortunately, his best is absolutely pathetic. <laughs> he said his hiring of Andy Coulson as his press secretary, who had just resigned in disgrace from News of the World uh, in the wake of the first wave of phone hacking revelations, he said, with 2020 hindsight and all that has followed, I would not have offered him the job. But hold on. <laughs> The phone hacking scandal was the reason he resigned in the first place. <laughs> you already knew that. That's not 2020 hindsight. That's 2020 sight. <laughs> that's perfect, unimpaired vision with which to make an informed decision. I thought, are you banging your hand on the desk there, John? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, that's what Murdoch was doing in the, in the oh, questioning no. on Tuesday. Oh, He's no. got into you, John. Oh, God. He's bringing you down. Thanks for listening, Buglers. Go tell a friend about this show and or leave a review or a nice comment somewhere. I like doing it on the inside of cubicles in pubs. <laughs>